Hello and welcome to More Like Guidelines, an actual player game design podcast. I am your host and game leader, Jessica Crimes, she, her. And I am joined today from our usual cast by Kendall. Hello. Uh, Kendall's pronouns are they, them. And we are very excited to be joined by writer, sensitivity reader, podcaster, and a lot of other things, I imagine, Helen Gould. Hello! Hi! Uh, I'm Helen, my pronouns are she, her at the moment, and I am revelling in the idea of being called a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like at this point you've more than earned the title. (laughs) But it's like, I don't really run the podcast. (laughs) You show up. I do! (laughs) No, you are an absolute... um podcasting darling i think to the oh. <laughs> uk actual play scene oh thank you <laughs> so um i think best way to start is a little bit of information about where we all stand when it comes to the wonderful world of one page rpgs now candle i know that you're relatively new to them but i've inflicted several of mine upon you is that fair to say yeah yeah that's that's a generous way of putting it Inflicted is probably the word. (laughs) Oh, no. Helen, I believe you're familiar with some of Grant Howitt's work. I don't know about any others. Yes, I have played lots of Grant's games. I've been there for playtests of them as well. Do you know what? I don't think I really know of many other one-page games. Although I have... um, I did some sensitivity consulting for someone who was doing like a zine and they had a really interesting one uh, where you're like the avatar. Okay. And it's called Avatar Baby. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll try and like look it up after this <laughs> and send you a link. But um, those are fun. I've also just done a first draft of one myself. Oh, oh excellent. I look forward to seeing it. Oh, no. I've raised expectations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are all looking. No, no. <laughs> I have a one hour timer ready to start. One thing our guests have found surprising is I am actually quite strict on the one hour timer premise of this show. So one of us is going to get cut off. <laughs> is that because of your inherent chaos? If I let this run long, it will. Yep. <laughs> so I am about to hit start on this one hour timer and then I'm going to read you three titles for rpgs that don't exist yet okay and we're gonna make one of them let's see what happens all right i'm ready timer begins our first suggestion is golf without limits (laughs) i don't know anything about golf or the limits thereof but that excites me (laughs) that sounds amazing our second suggestion is working retail a horror rpg (laughs) and our third suggestion doesn't have a title, but is summed up as high fashion duels to the death. Oh no, those are all really good. These are all so strong. This, oh. is, this is our best batch of submissions, I've got to say. I, I cut off oh, a lot my of God. really good ones. I like the retail horror one narrowly, narrowly best, but the other other one about the, the fashion. That is an interesting one. Golf Without Limits is putting me in mind of those, like, mini-golf video games that have just, like, crazy stages. Yeah, just in space. Oh, yes. So I have worked retail. I have no experience with high fashion or golf. So (laughs) it's fair to say where my knowledge domain lies. You know, I've also worked retail. Okay, shall we start with working retail and see what happens? I mean, I haven't technically worked retail, but I worked in a library and had to deal with the public, which is almost the same thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's about the same thing. Yeah. All right. So our game today will hopefully be Working Retail, a horror RPG. Okay. Okay. So the first thing we need is, I call it a core, and it's either a mechanic or a very, very specific element of theme that everything else is built up around. So, if we all have experience at least similar to working retail, have we all worked some kind of customer service or, like, customer-facing role? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think it would be interesting if we each proffer forth what we think was our quintessential experience that summed up working retail or close to it. And for me... That was my first day working at High Street Bakery Chain Greg's, where someone oh. picked up a tuna sandwich, 
story for the purpose of opening it and throwing it at me. That's no! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I-, I was just going to say, lay down a blanket, like the quintessential retail experiences, uh, explaining things that you never thought you would ever have to explain to anyone. Mm. Interesting. I worked at um, I worked at the UPS store for for two years as a manager, and and the, I started like just keeping a log of all of the strangest customers that came in. Like there was one guy who came in and took off of his shoes and then shipped them to Korea, and then walked out oh. barefoot. That's uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, more more power to him. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> you do you. Uh, but the one I'm mm. thinking of is is the lady who came in and uh, put a letter or like a, a letter and like a little gift or something on the counter and said, "How do I send this?" And I said, "Well, you can just get one of the envelopes uh, from from the shelf back there." And she turned around and looked at the envelopes and then looked back at me and said, "And I'm quoting exactly, I don't know how." Oh, okay. My immediate concern is. I don't want to make a game that's going to punch down at all. Yeah. Mm. So my concern is if we make it so that the horror element is coming from members of the public and the interactions they're with, we're going to need to be pretty conscious of the risk of making it so that it feels like we're punching down at neurodiverse people, um, struggling with some kind of social interaction, that kind of thing. Sure. I think right. So the idea that I had when you said like, um, an experience that you had with the customer facing facing job was I had someone come up to the library desk and place a like a syringe on the desk <laughs> and say I found it in the corner near the newspapers and then we had to like go and get like the special bucket and like gloves and stuff to like, put it away so it might be interesting if there's a mechanic where people find things in the shop and give them to you and you have to figure out what to do with them or something. That's interesting. I like the idea that there's something, your work in closing, it's your job to lock up, and there's something that you're going to have to gather the information and items to deal with come closing time. This is very Black Books, if either of you have seen that. <sighs> oh my yes, god, I yes. love Black Books. Dylan mm. Moran. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, what if the customers were all some kind of eldritch abominations? <laughs> but they still want to do mundane tasks. Exactly. They still want to like take yeah. out a book. <laughs> <laughs> or buy some sausages. Okay, last last story, I promise. There was a woman who came in to ship chocolate to her boyfriend and she poured out, as I was watching, dry ice onto the counter and started stuffing it in an envelope and said, wow, <laughs> it does burn. <laughs> oh, no. So they'd clearly been warned. <laughs> oh, no. <Yeah. laughs> All right, that is six minutes. That's 10% of our time, not to stress anyone out. Okay. Oh, God. Shall we lean into the angle then of, well, first of all, Candle, you mentioned the idea of the customers being eldritch beyond human understanding things. Here's my idea. Uh, the el- they're eldritch abominations, but they also really want to do these mundane tasks at this mundane mm. place where you, a normal human person, are working. So maybe everything that they're doing is incredibly dangerous to you, <sighs> but they have no way of knowing that. Candle, it's a LARP. Oh, that's so amazing. That's look that's lovely. I like that. The idea that technically they're kind of benevolent. Like they don't know that it's a bomb. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're well meaning and they just yeah. want to experience human mundanity and it's your job to help them get that boring human experience. Right, but they're also like covered in poisonous quills and manifestations of the void. I'm just imagining a manifestation on the void and it just says, like, unidentified object in checking area. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we have our core. I think that is our... That is what we will build our game upon. The idea that you are essentially running running a LARP for chaotic entities too big to comprehend... Oh, not big okay. but monstrous yeah okay now i'm like starting to generate ideas have any have you, have you guys seen the um that scp that's just the infinite ikea no yes. 
God, yes, I need to get back into this. SCP stuff. Okay, um, I'm, I'm thinking like something that involves like as you play, like drawing some kind of working map of the facility that you're in. Ooh. And everyone around the table can like add to it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just completely nonsensical, like an, an infinite <laughs> sort of uh, shopping mall or or one of those warehouse like stores that's just completely incomprehensible. Mm. Um, I just want to make one thing known to the listener, and that is with the four working adults currently in my flat, one of them has lost the one black biro the flat owns. So my notes for this game are being written in purple Sharpie. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I like the idea of the, if you're tracking the terrain, maybe not exhaustively, maybe you can't map it exhaustively, but the things that are in the shop change the way that space behaves in some way. Hmm. We're not going to be able to, we're not going to have time to go into depth and to really like chew out the mechanics of whatever this ends up being. So we need to keep it in broad strokes. But I think right. that could be an interesting angle from what, what if, depending on which aisle they came from, the aisle is like something weird happens to it and you have to like roll a dice to decide what's gone wrong in the aisle? Ooh. Like the, egg, the eggs have gone non-Euclidean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the aisle is now underground. You have to dig a hole to get there. <laughs> oh, Carol. Oh, yes. I've been telling you since seven days after we first ever talked to Read Invisible Cities by Calvino. You have. have. you even glimpsed at a chapter of it? Uh, no, I have not. I don't know why you're surprised by this. <laughs> no, it's fair. I've not read any of the books you've told me to. Um... <laughs> True friendship. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes, no, I, I, I genuinely mean that. I have a list of things, like the length of my arm, that very good friends have recommended me, and which I trust their recommendation about, but... There's just it's I'm just genuine... gonna keep watching the same three shows. <laughs> God, yesterday I was I was uh, doing some shopping with a friend and uh, they looked at me and 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 we were in the instant rice aisle and they said you should try this instant rice and I was like maybe I will and then they just kept looking at me <laughs> and then <laughs> I walked out with then. a bag of instant rice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people have to do with me. Like, if like you should get this book, I just look at them. They have they're gonna have to put it in my hand. <laughs> Okay, so let's recap where we're at right now. Uh, working title is Working Retail, a horror RPG. I think there's room for growth there. I think we could yeah. spin it into clean up in whatever aisle. There's, yeah. There's clean up um, in aisle none. <laughs> I like that. That is fun. Okay, um, I'm not quite clear yet on if this is deliberately set up as a space for eldritch abominations to experience human mundanity in, or if they've just turned up to Tesco. But either way... Well, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Is that they just kind of turned up. It's more fun if it's just the Tesco on the corner, I think. That's fair. And they just start warping reality around yeah. themselves. And hey, maybe it's like a 24-hour Tesco and it's midnight on Halloween or something. Oh, Yes. <laughs> So I was thinking it might be interesting to have three different trackers. If you can fill them all, then you're doing great. They're measuring three different ways that you could be succeeding. Mm. But filling one of them is enough to call this overall venture a success. Things like the, maybe three of them, the satisfaction of the monster, the structural integrity of your shop, and <laughs> the well-being of other customers. Something like that. <laughs> Yes, I love that. I like that. I like that. And if you can keep one of them high, you do okay. If you can get all three of them high, I'm apparently making games with win conditions now. I didn't know that was a thing I was doing. Yeah, I've never <laughs> done that before. I'm not really branched into it with that bastard cats game. Yeah, you made a game about, about cats. Oh, you made a game Helen, about cats, the musical. <gasps> Have you both seen it? Yeah. Um, oh, I, I have. Watching the Broadway one, no West End one. You know the one I mean. <laughs> yeah, the one with Judy Dench. Yes. Yeah, that one. I'm never going to get over it. Oh, you saw it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw it in the cinema. I think it was oh, the sorry. last film. I think it's the last film that I saw in the cinema before oh. Corona. I feel like the Cats movie caused Corona. <laughs> <laughs> it cursed us. <laughs> 
Oh, God. <laughs> I just can't get over the Idris Elba cat, McCavity. Um, and, like, he has this fur coat on. And then it's when you so, see him, he doesn't have the fur coat on. So and naked. it feels... Yes, it feels like you're seeing him naked. It really, really does. And, like, he's, he has the fur, same as all the other cats, but somehow without the fur coat, he's so much more nude than everyone yes. else in the movie. I am firm on that film being bad, but worthwhile seeing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think, however, that you should definitely see it with at least one other person so that you can look at each other and be like, did that just happen? Mm. Okay, I might watch it with Goji then. Watch yeah. it sober. That's my big bit of advice. Oh, God. Mm, I'm not sure I would recommend that. <laughs> no, I can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> 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 all right we have 15 minutes off the clock we have 45 minutes to make this into a thing candle okay. or mm. helen do either of you currently see a game mechanic oh, as in uh, like in front of me or um is the current direction of the game leading you towards dice cards lying I like simple dice. Mm-hmm. I like to roll on tables and then deal with the consequences. Um, I am also like, I don't know how much you both know of me and why I think about games, but I am quite allergic to complicated rules. I have been often quoted by people who have played my games. I am a big believer in the fewest mechanics you need to, to tell a story well is the ideal number of mechanics. Yeah. Okay, so my heart is telling, like, my logic is telling me dice is good. My heart is telling me something involving throwing an object as hard as you can and seeing where it lands. <laughs> I mean, the last game we made on this series involved snapping a stick <laughs> really? instead of dice. I'm with Helen that I think tables might be the way to go for this one. If we come up with the ideas for the tables here, I can populate them before the end of the month when this game comes out. All right. Mm. There needs to be a way to decide which monster comes in. So that could be fun figuring out which monsters you want to make up and insert. How about we take two minutes on the clock and in those two minutes, we just come up with as many different things that could go in that table as possible. Very similar to the warm-up game we just played off mic. Okay. How about just two minutes, no bad ideas, throw monsters or modifiers for monsters out into the room and we will harvest them all. Shall we take turns or? Yeah, let's take turns. Candle, would you like to start? And then we'll go Helen, me, Candle. Okay. Um, Orca whale with legs. Orca whale with legs. Walking piece of bamboo. A pine forest that has gained sentience. Um, a single grain of sand that moves very fast. Uh, <laughs> just a cup of tea, except it, like, teleports. That's your share of time. Okay. Wait, who's going next? Helen, if you want to throw out just some monsters, classic, traditional cup of tea, whatever you feel. All right, a mushroom man. Vito! <laughs> A caterpillar that's so long you can't see the end of it. Um, A ordinary worm, except it's got glasses on. Um, (laughs) A a clown, but it's not wearing makeup. Like, the the lips are its actual lips and the hair is its actual hair. Uh, One more. One more. um, I'm desperately looking around my room. Oh, um, a dream you had once. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> yes. All right, I've got forty seconds. Um, a creature made of everything you lost before the age of six. Jesus. Oh. Um, so sad. Just, yeah. I'm a hamster. <laughs> oh God! No, these are all going really dark. A, do it! Do it! It's a, a horror. Golem. A golem made from the waste paper bin of an arts and crafts class. <laughs> a cloud of spores there. Oh. <laughs> oh, I hate that. How do you think I feel, Candle, with my horrible <laughs> mushroom phobia Oh no, you have a mushroom phobia. I'm so she sorry. Does. It's totally fine. 
Who would expect it to come up? <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. These are all weird sizes. Either they are objects themselves, which are smaller or bigger than we are used to interacting with, which is a meaningless sentence, or they are things that are the wrong size or impossible to understand their size. Size seems to be a... Not just size, but tangibility seems to be a real factor here. Mm. Well, I was thinking um, maybe each monster, regardless of what it actually is, can come with a a pre-selected array of different powers in the way that it affects the environment. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, fine. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the idea of... How about we could go really, really classic and go monster table modifier table. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Can you explain that to me? Essentially, you generate a monster and then roll for a modifier, like an adjective for that monster. Oh, so like a bear, but purple. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's see. I will file off all the necessary serial numbers to distance this from Lovecraft wherever possible, of course. Oh, of course. Yes, I've gained a flair for filing off serial numbers with these games. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the secret behind a lot of game design. (laughs) Oh, you're not wrong. Okay, that is 20 minutes on the clock. We have our monster, or at least we will do, and we have the general goal being... Is everyone happy with the idea of keep the monster safe, keep the shop safe, keep the monster happy? Yes. Um... Are there monster hunters in this game? Maybe. That sounds a bit complicated for one page. Yeah. (laughs) There could be a monster hunter or a conspiracy theorist or just, I don't know, someone with a real crush on Mothman could be on some kind of complications. Yeah. Complications table. Table Oh, yeah. I love a complication table. This is starting to remind me of that uh, the Robin Williams Jumanji movie. I've not seen it. In what oh. way? Just the the amount of like um, different varieties of chaos that can happen to you, and you're <laughs> sort of in a normal environment. I'm thinking it'd be interesting to have specifically just a D6 table for antagonist, mm. and have that be a very human person. Mm. Um, I've got a couple of thoughts on that, but before I read them off, uh, Helen, are you all right with being on an episode with gentle swearing? You should listen to the Halloween specials <laughs> where, where we're playing uh, Grant's Beautiful beautiful Space Pirates. I thing. have listened to them. I just, yeah, thought I'd check. Did and you? Mostly, I wanted to check if it was okay for me to use the word monster fucker on the antagonist table. I am a monster fucker. I identify as a monster fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we have the monster fucker, the grizzled old hunter, the conspiracy theorist. Who else would be... I need three more people in this shop who are indirectly or directly going to ruin this Eldritch Abomination's day. Angry customer who refuses to acknowledge the existence of monsters. (laughs) So, disbeliever, maybe? Yeah, Yeah, all right. Just my notes. Two more. Drunk student? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Unattended child. Oh, no. <laughs> but, like, the parent is around somewhere. It's just, like, the kid wandered off to explore in, like, the tinfoil aisle or something. I'd like this if the kid just is desperately, like, wanting to befriend the monster. Ooh. Aww. I don't like the idea of the kid being in necessary danger. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. I, I, I meant more like a child of the variety that's going to upset the displays and, and hide under oh, shelves. Yes. Okay. Nuisance child. Yes. <laughs> Very <team>. good. <laughs> this is good. Okay. So who do you play as? Obviously, the, the people working at the shop. Right. But who are they? Are we going to do this by... Um, I feel like it'd be nice to have... Essentially pre-built character classes, depending on if you're, like, the cashier or the person running the contactless till. Does that mean you have to... Each, everyone has to have, like, individual stats? 
Um, God, stats are a bit of effort, aren't they? They are, they are. This is a real insight into my game design processes. What's <laughs> going to be the path of least resistance here? Like, each each player has, like, a different set of objectives and responsibilities based on what their role is in the shop. Hmm. Hmm. What if they just have, like, the one stat each? Like, yeah. cashier, you have plus one to interactions involving money, or, like, a janitor has plus one to... <laughs> to, to mess I don't know what <laughs> to mess no no this is good this gives me the idea of everyone has one shared stat which yeah. I will get to in a moment and one unique stat yes and each of the stats is actually two stats stacked on top of each other wearing a hat where the higher you get one the lower you get the other Ooh. and more specifically I think it could be interesting if mechanically embracing the bullshit has an effect on your character and your abilities Oh, I like that, actually. If you accept that there is an eldritch abomination trying to buy some Pringles, then (laughs) that changes things, depending on if you're just trying to act like it's a normal day and you're denying it. There's so much room here for the game leader to just go absolutely hog wild on on figuring out what the abominations are trying to buy and how they're behaving. I think that's a good thing. Is there a way... Oh, this is this is peak wanky nonsense. <laughs> is there a way to generate a receipt for the monster that it's tra- just its shopping list? Oh, like just I don't know your top X recommended items if you go to the Tesco website or something. Huh? huh. What what would I have to do with the with the broader scope of of like the monsters is here and. If you know that the monster is after these, say, three particular items, it would very nicely allow you to divide the game into phases. Mm. And it feels like this game is going to need some kind of structure just bolting onto it. (laughs) I love that. It it might need structure, yes. (laughs) (laughs) In this game-building episode, we might need some kind of foundation. Okay. There's a monster in the Tesco. Normally, you're just trying to stop underage kids buying cider. But now, there is a giant shambling mound of tentacles and moss and starlight (laughs) trying to read the back of the Prosecco bottles to see which one is the (laughs) highest ABV by price. (laughs) Uh, We've all done that. We have all done that. How do you deal with this situation? What are the players going to be doing? Hmm... Well, the nice thing about, like, having a game where you're playing as a retail employee is that, like, just by virtue of the role you're in, there's going to be a few things that the players will naturally be inclined to try first. So, like, we won't be flailing right out of the gate. Mm. So, like, you'd go up to the monster and say, do you need help? And then, uh, or or you could ask the manager, like, what this person is doing here. Or you can point to the no pets allowed sign. I don't know. <laughs> you can get on the tannoy. Mm-hmm. I am really being drawn to the idea of the game leader not immediately telling the players what monster it is that's been rolled. That maybe in some way there is a bit of a lead up to it where, I don't know, you start seeing signs, trails, tentacles around, but the game leader is essentially being deliberately obtuse in their description Mm. and not quite telling you what the monster is because the monster that that isn't described is the most interesting monster. Obviously, yeah. (laughs) And this way, if later on it is comedically or... This isn't isn't a horror. This is a comedy game. If later on... Come on, Jess, they're the same genre. They're the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my people. (laughs) Okay. What are your avenues of interaction? Hmm. with this monster. Can you talk to the monster? Maybe that's one of the stats people can have. Like, maybe oh. someone if someone's a manager, they can have plus one to communication. Oh, I like that, yeah. I like that. So maybe only the manager can talk to the monster and has to translate for everyone else. Or instead of having, like, scalable skills, maybe the skills are more Boolean, so, like, you can either as a, be a manager and be able to talk to the monster, or you're a cashier and you cannot talk to the monster, but you can do something else. That way the oh, players have to work together. Oh, that's really good. Oh, I've never thought of that system. This is why Candle always gets my 2am ideas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really like that. So, a set of 
binary traits which are what initially determined by class i would think so yeah top two monster what else would be uh boolean like this to steal that term maybe you're like able to clean up after certain messes if you're if you're a a shelf worker or something fix broken technology or something what about convert currency Ooh. oh (laughs) yes okay because I can't imagine a monster just handing over a fiver. <laughs> it's like this shambling mound hands out its tentacle fist, and inside are like twelve bent paper clips, <laughs> or a beetle. <laughs> oh, I have a proposal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, bear with me because this is one of those ideas that I'm hearing for the first time as I'm saying it. I'm not sure what this is going to be. Everyone has these skills based on their class, not binary just the one setting originally. So manager can't talk to customers. Cashiers can handle currency. But uh, let's say they have three each, three things that they can do which enable them to interact with regular humans in the regular world. But the more time they spend trying to help this monster or being influenced by the monster, one by one, their individual skills get the word eldritch just tacked in there So if they spend enough time with the monster, they lose the ability to talk to customer, but they gain the ability to talk to eldritch customer. Ooh. Oh, I like that. And just really ham-fist the word eldritch in there. Oh, yeah, that's got legs. (laughs) I like that. And you could connect it to the tracking mechanic you mentioned earlier. Like, if you fill one of them, then you get to add on eldritch. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a game. We've got... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jess, you always sound so surprised when this happens. Gently surprised. (laughs) Okay, I have kind of lifted the was secretly a human all along mechanic from the Cats game, but turned it into (laughs) can now talk or interact with eldritch beings, which is great. So what we need from there is to delve into, if we are going with the three success track route, what those tracks are. So far, we've been floating around um, the monster's well-being and or satisfaction, the structural space-time integrity of the shop, and the satisfaction safety of the other customers. Does anyone have any advances on those three? So maybe you could improve the structure, just spitballing here, the structure or integrity of the shop by uh, cleaning up messes or um, rewiring broken machinery or uh, if, like, the entire shop has just fallen in on itself, like, sort of, like, just tunneling through (laughs) something. Oh, of course. Resetting clocks. Because, Helen, I believe it was you who floated the idea earlier of the monster doing things, like, just suddenly this entire aisle is when you enter it, it's underground it's now. Gone. That kind of thing is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Let's play in that space. What can something that doesn't care about the laws of reality do to gently inconvenience your shopping trip? Escher. Mm. Okay. Like Super Mario 64 style infinite corridors and stuff. Yeah. 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 Like Escher, yeah. Wow. You went Escher. I went Super Mario. <laughs> I feel like that says a lot about both of us. How about like vanishing objects? Ooh. Yes, okay. Growing and shrinking. The shop or you? Either one. <laughs> Either one. Suddenly, like, you're, you're having to navigate, like, a massive, like, giant-sized shop, or, like, suddenly you're just, like, way too large for this doll-sized location that you're in. How about the tracks start off as full, then the more the monster gets frustrated and the more that you don't fix these broken pockets of space, the tracks lower and if they hit zero you enter the bad dramatic time oh no yes yes oh i'm a big fan of the bad dramatic time oh yes always (laughs) i am going to well the the floor has been open this whole time but now i'm going to point pointedly at the open floor and ask if anyone has any other ideas on character classes hmm which ones have we got so far? We've got cashier and manager mm-hmm. and maybe janitor. Cashier, manager, janitor. They feel like the big three. Receiving, yeah. maybe, for, like, receiving new products and stuff. Oh, like the one who's, like, in the back, the yeah, deliveries. Yeah, like a stock, a stock room sort of attendant. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that means that, like, if a monster can't find the thing, they have to try and figure out where it is in the thing. Yes. In the, in the back. Oh, my God. And by some point, it has become an infinite labyrinth. Yeah. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, how about what's the word I'm looking for? Without slacker. Oh, like someone who isn't doing yeah, anything. Like, slacker, <laughs> stoner. Um, some. What's a good word for someone who's just lay about vibing behind the desk? A, a person who is very smartly getting their money's worth out of the capitalist hellscape that we live in. No, sorry, <laughs> I got to tone that down. <laughs> yeah, I candle the number of times I have had to edit out people off our fucking podcast talking about. <laughs> I don't know, stealing from their bosses. Oh, I can't imagine <laughs> how the episode with James Ross and Goji went. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Hey, not that I disagree. God, I did, I did see that James Ross had been in this uh, mm-hmm. Discord server before, and I was like, oh god, I wonder what he's said. Yeah, it, it involved uh, um, playing as a member of a boyfriend, boy band, except you're all raccoons in a trench coat. Oh, of course. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong, James is one of the loveliest people I've ever met in my life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that gives us five classes. Kashia, manager, janitor, receiving, and slacker. If any more come to us, then we should definitely get them on the list. But for now, five is more than enough. I think that five is enough for one page, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's the thought. What if what if the slacker or the layabout or the stoner or whatever is the only person who starts off with the ability to communicate with the monster? Oh, Candle, you menaced. Because they're on a different plane. Yes. <laughs> That's really strong. That's amazing. All right. So, but of course, um, none of the other people can ever find the slacker because they're like in a corner trying not to right. do any work. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Okay. Um, I will run through this class list one more time, just so you know we have 19 minutes on the clock remaining. Okay. Um, if I can just get people's first immediate thoughts, just speak out on what their regular skill would be, bearing in mind I'd like to be able to just put the word Eldritch on it. <laughs> so, Kashia. Currency? Yeah, I think handle currency and then handle Eldritch currency. Okay, handle currency. Manager. Calm. Like, diffuse tension or communicate. Do we want to go a little bit more um, broadly applicable or do you want to keep it niche? Hmm. How do you mean? So, there are a lot more potential uses of communication than just calming. Mm. But if we open it up too wide, then you run into the situation where the manager can use their skill on everything. So communicate with customer and then communicate with Eldritch customer. Love it. Um, disbeliever? No, that's the wrong list. Well, yes. hang on. Right. <laughs> the, uh, the manager communicate with customer, that sort of implies that none of the other employees can do that. Oh, true. What about communicate with angry customer? Angry Eldritch customer? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's going to be a good way to sum that up that is good uh janitor clean clean messes <laughs> clean. clean eldritch messes yes, yes. <laughs> oh jesus okay that's fine and uh receiving navigate um Ooh. navigate i guess navigate something <laughs> navigate room navigate eldritch room <laughs> honestly <laughs> i like that <laughs> oh. I think this is going to be one of the ones we have to actually play at some point, Candle. I, I, I might do a stream with this one if, you, if, if, if you're up for it, Jess. I'm always up for it. Helen, you've got an open invite. <laughs> Thank How you. How about Slacker? Bearing in mind, this is going to start off Eldritch. Oh. Perceive. <laughs> no, Eldritch perceive perception. Eldritch and then like you lose the ability to you can't perceive regular customers if you're just <laughs> oh yeah because as, as the shift goes on it's wearing off I'll say this, we have so far managed to somehow not lose. I say this every guest episode. So far we've managed not to lose our clean tag. Will this be the one? Are you sure? You did say monster fucker. Yeah, no. Somehow. Spotify doesn't care. 
Um, <laughs> all right. So all we need now, with 15 minutes remaining, is what we probably would have normally done first, which is to take a step back and to say, what does playing this game look like? Like, we need to essentially dive into what someone doing something, making some kind of role, what an interaction in this game looks like. So let's say we have... Um, I was going to ask Candle to give me a monster, but I need to sleep tonight and are too good at that. Aww. So let's say uh, a skeleton made of biros, just to take any sense <laughs> of menace fully out of it. What's the stationary a, isles come to life. What's a biro? Oh, a pen. Yes, it's, it's a, a kind of pen. pen. Uh, yeah, a stationary golem is trying to buy some hummus. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. In doing so, they have turned the the small baked goods cabinet, as they were walking past it, into, I don't know, a jukebox that wails with the screams of the dead. What are you going to do about it with your mop and bucket? <laughs> that sounds like um, the players are going to have to be really inventive with their one stat, which yeah. I really love as a thing in a game. Um, and I think that's cool. So the question is, what do, like what size of dice do they roll to do this, I think? And what counts as a success or a failure? What if we kept it small and went with a d4? Okay. Ooh. Yes. I think one of the major themes of my time working retail, customer service, all of that has been trying to help someone will always go wildly well or wildly badly. (laughs) I like the idea that it just will go one of four ways, Mm -hmm. but you can influence it with your skill. Right. Oh, cool. So say uh, the baked goods aisle has turned into a, a jukebox full of the, the whales of the damned. Uh, first thing you might want to do is clear the customers out of the area, the human customers. So you'd need someone and who that can would communicate be the manager. with... Exactly. So you'd need to work okay. together to do that. Um, but then if the manager had gone eldritch, you'd need to come up with some real wacky shit. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So the mechanic, let's say... D4, I like. What does a role look like? Let's say that I am the manager. I have the ability to talk to customers and have them listen to me. Mm. And I am rolling a D4 to do it. Because I'm using my skill, am I getting a bonus? Am I rolling multiple dice? That's interesting. Yeah, it can give you advantage. So the plus one is plus one dice to communicating. And then you take the higher one. What if, it, rather than having, like, uh, the dice roll determine how well you do the thing you're trying to do, the if you have that skill, um, it's, it's, it's more, less of a success-fail and more of a whatever dice number you roll uh, will result in one of four predetermined uh, outcomes mm. um, that aren't necessarily better or worse, just make things different. How about if it changes the reception of, no, that would only work when you're interacting with customers. Yeah, you'd have to think about what, because they would have to apply to every possible interaction. I think if you're dealing with creatures and forces too vast on whatever axis for the human mind to fully comprehend, it would be a good time to bring in one of my absolute favourite game mechanics that I put into everything I can, Ooh. which is simply the possibility for things to go too well. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so one of them is the monster flirts with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Each of the stats has a oh no, too bad, and an oh no, too good. But yeah. What what if uh, rolling a four or a one, uh, one of those one of those options will automatically flip your character into the eldritch category because you're dealing with some kind of eldritch uh, situation? Um, How about if we have it so that? You don't want to fill the trackers to the top and you don't want to let them get empty. If you've played, um, I think it's called Kingdom, it's an iPhone game where you're trying to keep your treasury and um, citizen happiness high but not too Uh high or you die anyway. And if the monster's satisfaction rating gets too high, maybe it does fall in love with someone and try to 
I don't know, spirit of them away to its dimension. But if it gets too low... Or they just stay there permanently. Yeah. And it just, just wrecks your shop. And then to bounce that back into what Candle was talking about, uh, these meters can go up and down quite rapidly, but any time one of them either maxes out or minimums out, whoever caused that has their eldritch tra- trait turn on or off. Mm. How do you feel about that candle? Yeah, I like that. Helen? Yeah, I think that's really cool. All right, we have 10 minutes left on the clock. Can yeah. I ask either Candle or Helen to summarize the game as you currently understand it? Because quite often we'll find at the end of this that we've all been talking about three different games all along. So it's a game in which you, as a downtrodden, like, supermarket worker have an unusual night and the monster comes in and you have to deal with it sometimes through teamwork i guess and oh god i've got no idea what we've made right yeah, yeah. teamwork would be a thing <laughs> i think it just depends uh, on how many people are playing the game all right candle i'm gonna hand it over to you yeah so uh an eldritch monster comes in and causes some kind of of chaotic uh situation some some monstrous situation in the course of like doing its shopping and you the the downtrodden employees uh depending on how many people are playing the game have to uh help the monster keep the customers safe and uh hopefully keep the store from collapsing uh into a black hole uh and then usher the monster out of the tesco um we haven't put any dice in it yet i thought we were using a d4 no, but, um, sorry, we are, but I mean in terms of we haven't decided what the D4 means. Mm. We haven't put any mechanics in this game, necessarily, in terms of doing <laughs> things. And Who needs mechanics? Yeah, honestly, at this point, you could just do this as a storytelling game. You really could. I'm such a big fan of those. Yeah, yeah I am going to continue the streak I've been on every single episode in this series. I think this is the third of these games we've made with special guests, maybe the fourth, and so far none of them have had dice, and I'm going to keep that train going. Okay. Okay, it is just a social storytelling game. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's freeing. Okay. There's no way that we're not going to have a game leader for this. I think you need someone running it. Uh, I like the antagonist table. We still have that written down and can put that in. They are just an NPC who is, knowingly or not, actively working to mess with your sliders your Mm. sliders being your success trackers measuring monster satisfaction space-time integrity of shop and customer overall satisfaction yeah and that's just that's just a way for the for the gm for for the game leader to just like actually like go in and and fuck with the players yes how about this the game uses a d4 but you only ever have to roll if you think it's dramatically appropriate and would add to the story. <laughs> Dice are an optional extra if you want some genuine chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I like that. Amen. Dice are an optional extra. 100%. <laughs> I say, looking at my Pathfinder sheet, <laughs> upset. <laughs> Nothing like turns people off of dice more than playing a long form Pathfinder game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to talk endlessly about my own show on our own show, but Candle, how long have we been playing by your call? Uh, you mean like lin- in a linear way, or or? Yeah, I think we started playing about four months ago. Yeah, and so far your character sheet consists of like what three lines of text? Do we have stats? I don't think we have stats. I'm working on putting stats in the game. so our game this week is working retail a horror rpg and i think this is one of the ones definitely that i am the most looking forward to actually getting to kind of try out see how it goes i really like the mechanics light nature of this and thank you so so much for joining us and helping us to build this helen thank you helen this was so much fun i was so nervous because the only game design i've been involved in has been like writing adventures and stuff and then the one page Mm. rpg that i did literally like three nights ago (laughs) no so you have been an absolute star i am loving the ideas that you have brought to this game it would not have been the same otherwise so uh, now that our hour is wrapping up, we actually got in at 57 minutes there, a little under the clock. Ooh. Um, 
I would like to know more about where I can find Helen and her works around the world and the internet. Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at Electo101, which is spelled A-L-E-C-T-O-101. And there's a link to my Patreon on there. But if you don't want to go to Twitter, it's patreon.com forward slash Afrofantasia, which is A-F-R-O-F-A-N-T-A-S-I-A, where I write poetry about how I'm feeling and fiction mostly about assassins. Ooh. Or otherwise oh. shady people. Helen, I didn't know you wrote fiction, and I'm gonna need to check that out. Oh my gosh, I write so. I've had this. I've, the Patreon's been going for like two years or something now, so I've got a lot on there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Candle, speaking of fiction, and speaking as we have been all episode about horror, would you like to tell us about the, the them bones you've been carving? <laughs> sure. Um, I write uh, an epistolary horror serial called uh, The Carving Bones, which you can find in its current entirety at um, thecarvingbones.com. It is going to be wrapping up its first act at the end of this month. Um, So that first act is going to be called The Tower. And then uh, the second act called The Fool will be starting uh, in January. It is a unique experience to be genuinely terrified by something that your friend has written. (laughs) Yep. As a friend of Johnny Sims, I understand this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. And uh, my Twitter is um, at Candelantern. That's C-A-N-D-E-L-A-N-T-E-R-N. You should be able to find this game now on the Don't Hurt Birds Twitter account. That is at DHB underscore games and on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Don't Hurt Birds. I would tell people to listen to Rusty Quill Gaming, but I think 99% of our current listenership already does. Yeah, I have a suspicion about that. Hello, everybody. All right. Well, that is going to be us again. Thank you so much, Candle, for joining us. Thank you, Helen, for joining us. Thank you, me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Jess. It's been wonderful. And we will, yeah, uh, be back to you with our normal Biocore playthrough next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.